welcome to the PwC Global Transfer Pricing Podcast, where PwC transfer pricing partners and thought leaders discuss the latest in transfer pricing developments throughout the world. My name is Ben Brewer, and on today's episode, we are going to discuss the new Chinese transfer pricing requirements issued by the Chinese State Administration of Taxation. We will be highlighting the key points that the headquarters of multinational companies need to take into consideration, specifically the disclosure requirements of overseas information. With me is Jeff Yuan, who is the Transfer Pricing National Services Leader for PwC China and Hong Kong, and Paul Tang, a partner in PwC China's Transfer Pricing Services practice based in Shanghai. Jeff and Paul are the translators of the Chinese version of the BEPS Action 13 report on transfer pricing documentation and country-by-country reporting, which was officially published by China's State Administration of Taxation. Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you to start our conversation. Thanks a lot, Ben. So everyone probably have learned by now. Uh, China came out this public note 42 or bulletin 42 uh, in this year's July, and then which will probably is going to take in, in effect for January 1st, 2016. And that's going to be the things that are implementing OECD BAPS reports on transfer pricing documentation as well as the country by country reporting. So Paul. I think what's the most important things that a multinational headquarters needs to learn from that public note 42, which is going to be taking effect on the January 1st, 2016. Thank you, Jeff. In my view, the most important thing that the headquarters need to know about the China's new requirement is not the CBCR, not the master file, which should be prepared by the headquarters, but the disclosure of overseas information required as part of Chinese entities' annual corporate income tax filing, as well as mm. the local file of the transfer pricing documentation. So, a quick two example. One is related to the annual CIT tax return. The new circular actually requires the Chinese enterprise to complete a set of total 22 forms for its related party transactions. Among the 22 forms, there's one form specifically dealing with information of overseas related parties. Uh, for example, the Chinese enterprise need to disclose various information of its overseas related parties which have transaction with the Chinese enterprise for a specific year. Such information includes the name of the overseas related party, its tax identification number, business scope, registered and business address, registered capital, total investment. And the most tricky and important part is the effective tax burden of the respective related parties. Another example actually comes from the local file. In the local file, the China's new law requires a detailed value chain analysis. And as part of the value chain analysis, it requires again the Chinese enterprise to disclose all the financial information of the group's entities along the value chain. So they are the most tricky and debating items that I think that the headquarters of the multinational companies really need to think about it. So it sounds like the overseas parent company are not going to get used to these type of uh, uh, detail level of information disclosure, right? So so let's go back to where you talk about the uh, effective tax burden. How do you define the, these uh, effective tax burden from this public note 42? Yes, actually, together with the new circular, SAT also released a so-called、uh, filling instruction. So, according to the filling instruction,、um, the effective tax burden is calculated as the total income taxes payable after all kinds of tax refunds, 
over the total taxable income realized by the overseas relief party. So the Chinese enterprise should report its effective tax rate of the overseas relief party in their tax jurisdiction for the most recent years. Maybe we'll talk about the value chain analysis. Uh, yeah. Does that mean the local file uh, for the Chinese subsidiaries not only disclose information for uh, the related parties in overseas, but also the entire groups that might not have a transaction with the local subsidiary? Yes, Jeff, your understanding is correct. Actually, according to the value chain analysis, in the local file of the Chinese transfer pricing documentation, actually the Chinese enterprise need to disclose the financial information of all the group's entities along the value chain, which the Chinese entities' products or services are related. Uh, it's not definitely not only involving the overseas real party which have transaction with the Chinese enterprise, but also including actually almost all the group's entities once they play a role along the value chain. And according to the Chinese new rules, the value chain um, beginning from say the product design development to the very end of say the billing and collection after sales services. So, so actually it's a full value chain and according to the, the law, if the Chinese entity would like to be completely compliant, then it should disclose the financial information of each group's entity along the value chain, no matter if they have transaction or they don't have transaction with China. So actually this is very uh, strict requirement on the overseas information, which in my Very, view definitely yeah. is beyond the OECD BAPS framework. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like that goes beyond the OECD BAPS reporting requirements. Uh, yes, that's why when we talk to uh, the overseas headquarters of the multinational company, so uh, their first comment is how the Chinese tax authority can require such information, which is beyond the OECD BAPS report. And in my view, actually, if you look at the OECD BAPS report, actually, uh, for the local file, actually, it's a uh, uh, domestic law. Uh, it's within the domestic law. So since China now has a, a new requirement, so uh, we have to deal with uh, the fact that actually China uh, raised a very high standard on the overseas information uh, of the financial information specifically for the group entities which do not necessarily have the transaction with the Chinese enterprise. Hmm. I see. So I guess from that perspective, naturally you're probably going to have some taxpayer or even some client of ours who are going to say, well, what if I, I, I cannot meet that requirement? What, the, what is the consequence for, for the local subsidiaries that uh, if, we, if the company that just cannot disclose such information? Yes, uh, according to China's tax procedure law, if the Chinese enterprise does not comply with the uh, CIT filing, for example, the Chinese entity uh, does not uh, disclose the effective tax burden or any other information of the overseas party. Uh, so as a result, uh, it is likely for the Chinese enterprise to, to be subject to the administration fine. And the fine actually usually is within the range of RMB 2000 to 10,000, roughly between US dollars 300 to um, uh, 1,500 penalty. So the penalty actually is quite small, but the Chinese enterprise may face other consequences. For example, uh, according to the Chinese transfer pricing documentation uh, requirement, if the Chinese um, uh, enterprise uh, cannot uh, prepare 
a qualified local file of the treasure pricing documentation, then the Chinese enterprise will very likely lose 5% interest protection uh, in case of a special tax adjustment as a result of the transfer pricing investigation. Meaning to say, if the Chinese enterprise cannot provide the financial information of its overseas entities, then uh, it is possible that in the context of transfer pricing investigation, and then the Chinese tax authority would like to uh, impose CIT adjustment, then except for the transfer pricing adjustment, uh, the Chinese tax authority in that, the Chinese tax enterprise in that situation uh, will be subject to the uh, CIT adjustment plus the central bank's primary lending rate plus additional 5% interest penalty if uh, its local file uh, is regarded as a disqualified one uh, by the local in-charge tax authority. So they, there will be some consequences if uh, the Chinese enterprise cannot be fully compliant uh, with the CIT annual filing or the local file of the transfer pricing documentation. Understand. I think that's uh, expected and also somewhat consistent with the message we have got from uh, um, other OECD countries as well. I think we're probably going to deal with the majority of our clients and taxpayers is going to be, well, they wanted to cope with this compliance requirement. And so naturally the question is going to be, uh, what should they do basically to meet those requirements, right? And how do they... Uh, do they have uh, options, and what are these options they should, be, should, they should be looking at? Yes, I think that the very first question or the challenge headquarters of the multinational companies may uh, may have, and which is actually is not only dealing with China but also other countries, specifically for those emerging uh, market tax jurisdiction, is whether the group will have very clear uh, internal guidance or policy. Uh, what kind of the information can be disclosed uh, to different tax jurisdictions. And I think that the headquarters should not take for granted, specifically for those large-sized multinational companies, that they should only disclose CBCI information. Uh, instead, it will be very helpful uh, for the headquarters to uh, complete a legal research to understand what is the requirement of overseas information disclosure in the domestic law of the jurisdiction where the multinational company have significant presence. And so obviously then and now we can think about it, what the uh, options uh, the multinational companies may have. So basically the several options they may have, first is always to try to fully comply with the domestic law about the overseas information disclosure, no matter they are within or they actually beyond the OECD BAPS framework. And other options may include, okay, may include if um, fully disclosing the financial information is not an option, then what should be the limitation on those information uh, requests? And finally is, and what is the consequence and how the multinational companies should deal with it if kind of like an information cannot be provided? So I think that the headquarters should be really thinking about this and the first of all, in uh, established internal procedure, internal protocol about the overseas information collection, analyzing, and also uh, disclosure. So, uh, for example, uh, if the multinational companies determine to be fully compliant, for example, with the Chinese new requirement, then they have to make sure that to know which entity actually, for example, should report the effective tax burden, uh, who should 
then review the, the, the relevant information and, and analyze the potential risks. And then if this information is okay, then you know, who should um, essentially manage this information and pass on to the local team for compliance purpose. So sounds like it is really uh, about options. Um, and if I may just kind of uh, summarize what you're saying is uh, what we could do probably on the simplified approach, which will probably you have a higher risk for fail to comply. But if we wanted to have a more detailed analysis, specifically for those companies that have a large presence, uh, say, in a country like China, or either you're under transpricing audit or have an intention or in the process of applying APA, that will be the companies that should really consider to have more disclosure or have a much more sufficient information prepared for this information disclosure requirement, correct? Exactly, exactly. So mm -hmm. for me, the first tier is the internal policy uh, for the group. And then uh, if we have the internal policy, and then we should have like a more specific and detailed analysis uh, about how to implement the policy. And again, uh, using the effective tax rate as an example, so if the headquarters determine not to disclose such information, my suggestion is the headquarters should really document the reasons why non-disclosure uh, is the option. For example, it could be that you know, the domestic law of the headquarters jurisdiction does not allow a multinational company to provide certain information to overseas government. The reason could be, for example, such information is too sensitive uh, for any joint ventures in China, the reason could be that you know, this kind of requirement is beyond the BAPS framework so that the you know, headquarters do not want to fully comply. So, I mean, if this is decision made by the headquarters, then the group also need to discuss what is, what is the next. So whether we can have a, like, a plan B. So I actually discussed this with quite a few multinational companies. And some alternative option could be, for example, okay, if specific entities' effective tax rate is not available, then the group really uh, should analyze and determine whether the Chinese entity can report the effective, effective tax rate uh, burden on the country level. The reason is because uh, if you look at the CBCR form, actually the multinational companies need to disclose the revenue, the total revenue, and the total income tax paid on cash basis in each country. That's why I think that's on the country level effective tax rate if the company uh, prepares the CBCR will be available anyway. And it also could be the case that when the group filing is allowed in certain tax jurisdictions, you will find that you, know, you cannot really report the effective tax rate for a specific entity, but only on a country basis. So, so my, my point is there are actually options available for you to think about it, how to comply with China or maybe other countries which require additional information. So if the company tells that you know, they will not anyway prepare any information about effective tax return. So then what will be the option? Then basically the plan C will be you only file the statutory tax return for the specific uh, legal entity, the overseas rate party. But in that option, I think that the headquarters should really understand what will be the consequence for this kind of like non-disclosure, uh, uh, which will be regarded as a violation against the Chinese uh, CIT law. So, I mean, if 
the groups determines only to disclose the statutory account, a statutory um, tax rate, then a, a safeguard, some safeguard should be in place. Uh, for example, okay, we do not disclose in the CIT filing, but whether in the context of transfer pricing investigation, uh, then we supplement the more detailed information of specific related party, overseas related party, whether this this will be an option. So sure. I, I think that, yes, there are several options, but again, these options should be fully consistent with uh, the group's policy on the uh, information disclosure or overseas information disclosure. And then there will be a lot of coordination work to be done uh, within the multinational companies, including the local team, including the headquarters team. And also these efforts may need a collaboration between different functions like in the IT department, finance department, tax functions. And also another important things to think about is whether there's kind of like an end-to-end -end system available financial system or IT system to help the multinational companies to collect, to analyze, and also to manage this kind of like information. So it sounds like there's no one-size-fits-all solution. So it's a kind of an option are there, but uh, we really need to individualize the situation and, and, and act accordingly. So I, I totally I agree, it, yes. Yeah? I think for this sort of a the PN42 development is really, is, you know, from for me, it's a, it's an it's another significant um, impact, regulation that impacts on the transfer pricing field since 2008 and 9. So um, I think that uh, hopefully would be helpful and informative for all of you who are listening. Ben, back to you. Thanks, Jeff. That's the end of today's podcast, and a big thanks to everybody that's tuned in.